Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Thanks, pre-recorded announcer guy. Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Photoshop. I'm your host, Dave Cross. In this episode, episode number three, we're going to talk about productivity and automation in Photoshop. Now, I'm guessing that some of you heard me say automation and right away you're going, uh-oh, he's going to talk about actions. Well, I might. I might talk about actions a little bit later, but first I want to talk about other ways of being more productive. I have a what I would say is a slightly different interpretation of the word automation when it comes to Photoshop. I talk to a lot of people and again, as soon as they hear automation, they think actions and they may or may not want to do that. Well, to me, automation really means anything that helps me get to my end result faster or even part way towards my end result. Either way, that's t still to me is a form of automation because it's helping me do things in a way that's quicker than it would be in any other way. So that means there's a lot of things we can do in Photoshop that just help us be more productive because they're automating at least a portion of what we're doing. So here's a simple example. If you are clicking on tools in Photoshop, then frankly, you're wasting time because what you could be doing is just tapping a single letter to activate that tool instead of going and clicking on it in the toolbox. And most of the tools, well, scratch that, many of the tools, the key you press makes a lot of sense, like T for type and C for crop and L for lasso, M for marquee, etc. There are other ones that are a bit more of a stretch, like uh, S for the clone stamp tool. Now, think about it this way. I would say the, the bigger your monitor, the more this is going to save you time. Because think about how many times you have to move your mouse or your pen if you're using a tablet all the way across your screen simply to click on a tool and often to move back pretty much where you were before. So that's kind of the idea of tapping these tools. Now, some people I talk to say, well, I'm not really a keyboard shortcut kind of person. And I get that. Sometimes it can be difficult to remember combinations like command, option, shift, something, or control, alt, whatever. But this is one letter. And like I said, many of them are very logical and make a lot of sense because it's either the first letter or here's another example, I for eyedropper, even though, of course, eyedropper isn't spelt with an I, at least it sounds the same. Now, I've told this story like 4,000 times during my uh, live events, but one of the tools that I often thought was kind of interesting is how would you remember it is J for the healing brush, which is kind of a weird one. And many years ago, I was teaching a, a seminar in Atlanta, Georgia, in front of a large group of people. And I was talking about this topic of using the single keys uh, shortcuts for tools. And I said something like, well, and then there's weird ones like J for the healing brush. How will you ever remember that? And someone from the back of the room shouted out, just think, Jesus, I'm healed. And I was like, all right, well, and now I'll never ever forget that it's J for the healing brush. Now, some of you might be thinking, okay, that's fine. But what about when I want to use a different tool? For example, I tap the letter L and I get the regular lasso, but I need the polygonal lasso tool. Well, then you have to hold down one extra key. So tap a letter activates the current tool in that set. If there is a set of tools, shift and the letter 
would toggle through. So in other words, if you want to look through the three lasso tools, you would press shift L and each time you tapped that, you would toggle between the various lasso tools. Now there is a preference in Photoshop to turn off that shift key. And I tried that once thinking, oh, that that eliminates the need to press hold down one more key. But here's what the problem was happening is every time, for example, I tap L to go to the lasso tool, it wouldn't go to the current lasso tool. It would switch to the next one because each time I was pressing it, it was toggling through. So it's a personal preference. That's why they call them preferences. But I would suggest that you may want to just stick with holding down the shift key to alternate between the tools. So that's number one is using just that single letter shortcut because it saves you time. Another example, and we're going to talk about some of these in more detail in other episodes, but another example is presets. In Photoshop, there are plenty of places where we can have presets. For example, if you use adjustment layers like a curves adjustment layer, for example, and you use a very similar curve, or I should say, if you start with a very similar curve very often, then what you can do is save a preset of that curve. So instead of every time, I say I'm gonna add adjustment layer, so you go to curves adjustment and then you click on points and you move them around to pretty much the same place you do in most photographs, then you might want to save a preset and call it like S-curve or whatever. Now the great thing about that type of preset is it's just a starting point. So it doesn't mean that you've applied it in a way that's permanent. It just means that for now, as a starting point, you've added a curves adjustment layer, then you choose this preset from the menu and it applies the curve, but you can still tweak it if you need to. So again, it's just a matter of saving time. And there are lots of other examples of presets. You can make presets for some filters and there are things called tool presets where you can save commonly used settings for any particular tool and save those. So again, that's just saving you time, especially if you're on a project where, for example, you're switching back and forth. Say you're using the, I don't know, let's use an example. We're using the clone stamp tool and some of the time you're setting it to normal blend mode and other times you're changing it to lighten mode at 80% opacity and you wanna switch back and forth. Well, rather than continually going back to the options bar to change those settings, you could save two separate tool presets, name them accordingly, and then just switch between those because it's a lot easier and quicker to do that. And again, those are the sort of things we'll talk about in more detail in future episodes. Now, when I was describing that last example of the tool presets for the clone stamp tool, I said something like if you're doing a project, part of the reason I I said it that way is because I will often change a setting or alter a preference or something because for the next hour or two, it's gonna make sense. I may never use those settings again, but in that period of time, it makes sense for me to either customize a shortcut or create a couple of presets or whatever, because in the long run, that's still saving me time. So don't look at it just from a standpoint of every time I ever use Photoshop, it's also useful to consider these type of things just on a project basis, or today I'm doing this, or for the next three hours, I'm working on something where it would make sense for me to make this kind of change because it will help me in the short term and I'll get things done a lot faster. Don't worry so much about, will I ever use this again? It doesn't matter. Just do it now because it's going to save you time again in the short term. 
Well, I'm going to continue talking about different ways of helping your productivity in just a moment. But if you've listened to any episodes before, I think you know what it's time for. It's time for the tip of the week. This week's tip is a way to do something called transform again. If you've used free transform, for example, to scale down a layer and you want to apply that exact same transformation to a different layer, press shift command T or on Windows would be shift control T. That's a shortcut for transform again, which means repeat whatever you just did, scale, rotate, move, etc. So this can be a great time saver when you've already done an operation, you have other things to do this exact same thing, just add the shift key into the shortcut for free transform and you can transform again. With short tutorials, in-depth multi-lesson courses and live Q&A sessions, learningphotoshop.cc provides the Photoshop training you need to succeed. Let's continue our discussion about being more productive and using automation and talk about some of the built-in automations. Yes, there are these things called actions that you can record and make your own, but there's also some really cool built-in automations that are found under the file menu and then automate. For example, there's a built-in automation called PDF presentation. Now, it's not only made for presentations. You can also, when you use that command, add multiple files and make a PDF document out of it without having to go into something like Acrobat. There's also a very useful one called crop and straighten photos. So if you're capturing a bunch of photos, say you have a scanner and you're scanning in a bunch of photos, you can put two or three or four up on at the scan them at the same time. Even if they're not exactly straight, you run this built-in automation and Photoshop will automatically separate them and straighten them and create cropped copies of each photo that's on that original image. And I got to say, almost every time when I've tried it, it's done a really good job. And it's certainly much faster than the alternative of me doing it myself. And let me pause for a moment talking about these built-in automations and say, that's really, for me, a key factor is that phrase compared to the alternative. So if you're faced with some task and you could think, well, I could do it myself or I could somehow do some automation, built-in automation, or save a preset, or use a shortcut or something that gets me there, even partway there, to the end result faster, to me, that's still very useful. You know, there's a, a lot of people talk about automation, and they think of the whole kind of A to Z process that they want to automate that whole thing. And if you can, that's great. But honestly, if I was doing that, and could automate, I don't know, A to H, I'd still be happy because that's still cutting out a bunch of steps that compared to the alternative would have taken me a lot longer. All right, also under that built-in automations, uh, there's one called Contact Sheet 2, which is a great way if you need to make a contact sheet automatically. Conditional mode change, fit image, lens correction, merge to HDR Pro, and photo merge. Now, some of those are also found in Bridge, which sometimes can be all in itself a time saver. Here's an example. I was working with someone a while ago, and they were describing how they had a bunch of PSD files, layered PSD files, and now they needed to make flattened JPEGs from that. So they were going through this very convoluted process and talked about trying to record an action. And I said, why didn't you use image processor? And they kind of looked at me the way my dog does with a tilted head, like, huh? Because they obviously were not familiar with image processor. So in Bridge, you can select the images you want visually, which is a, a plus, and then go to the 
tools menu to Photoshop and choose image processor. And then built in, it allows you to take whatever images you've selected and make a JPEG copy of them. You can also resize them. You can apply actions if you have them. And it's all built in and it's done visually thanks to Bridge. Now Image Processor is a good example. It's also found in Photoshop in the built-in scripts menu, but the difference is when you do it from within Photoshop, you're pretty much restricted to doing it to the entire contents of a folder, which might be fine, but let's say you had a folder that contained a variety of images and you only wanted certain ones of those to be converted into a JPEG, for example, that's where I would use Bridge, because again, you can pick and choose visually to say, these are the images that I want, and then use that image processor to end up with just those ones turned into JPEG files. Oh, here's another great example of a built-in script. You can find this either in Photoshop under the file scripts menu or again in Bridge. And again, I would tend to use Bridge just because of the visual aspect and that's load files into Photoshop layers. Now this is a perfect example of that compared to the alternative concept. Think for a moment if you didn't know about this automated way of doing things, you needed to take five images and put them into one document all on their own layer. Well, that would mean you'd have to open all five and then drag one at a time each image onto its own layer. Well, instead, if you were in Bridge and you said, oh, here are those five images, you would select them, use that built-in automation command called load files into Photoshop layers, and it would be done. It would take moments as opposed to any effort on your part. So that's a great example of once you know those things are available, then that's a great way to save yourself some time. Well, I can see this is probably going to turn into a two-part podcast because I also want to talk in some detail about actions, including some of my philosophies on ways you can use actions that are a little bit different. So we'll probably do that in the next episode. But for now, I just want to also talk about what I would call some not so obvious ways of automating your work. And that includes things like the blend if sliders. A lot of my tutorials on the learningphotoshop.cc site talk about this because if, for example, you had a logo, uh, a very complicated logo on a white background and you wanted to remove all the white, trying to use any kind of selection tool could take a while. Whereas the blend if sliders, chances are, is going to do a pretty good job most of the time just by moving one slider. But of course, you have to know that's available and understand some of the ways you can use it. But that's an example of something that, to me, that's a form of automation because it's that same thing. Compared to the alternative, it would have taken me a lot longer. Other examples of that, there's commands like auto-align layers, where if you're trying to line layers up, make sure they're aligned with each other instead of you doing it manually. I also feel like the content-aware tools, to me, are almost like a form of automation, because think about it for a moment. There's a tool in Photoshop called the Content Aware Move Tool. And what it allows you to do in one shot is move something and have it automatically generate the information to cover up. So for example, if you have a photograph of a couple standing in front of a wall and you wish they were standing a little further to the right, you would make a selection drag those people over with the Content-Aware Move tool, and that's going to automatically, using Content-Aware technology, cover up where they used to be. Well, before this tool existed, or for people who don't know about it, that would be an awful lot of copying and pasting and cloning and everything else just to get the same result. Is it always perfect? No, but it's very often, most of the time, in fact, a really good start. And again, that we have to remember, as long as we get our 
something that gets us part way towards our goal. That's really the important thing. So I would apply that same concept to all the content aware tools. The patch tool has content aware, the spot healing brush, now the new content aware fill workspace where you can actually control where content aware fill works. Those are amazing time savers that, well, of course they didn't exist in previous versions of Photoshop, but we have to think about them as a way of saving time. And remember, think about it from a standpoint of even if it gets me closer to my end result, it might not be perfect. A lot of people go, well, I tried content where Phil, it wasn't perfect. Yeah, but think about the alternative, how long that would have taken you to use the clone stamp tool, for example. So as long as it gets you close, then you can do some minor tweaking with some other retouching tool like the healing brush. Just remember, J for the healing brush or the clone stamp tool, whatever it might be. Well, I think I've talked enough about productivity for this episode. I did want to touch on actions, but I realized I got quite a bit to say about that too. So that'll be part two, if you will. Next episode, we'll talk more about some ways to use actions and ways that aren't probably the way you're thinking about using actions. So your homework assignment is start tapping those letters to activate tools. And I guarantee you that alone will start saving you some time. I'd like to thank the people that took the time to leave a review on iTunes. It's very, very helpful. If you'd like to do that, I would appreciate it. And again, please tell your Photoshop using friends. I'm Dave Cross. See you next time. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. Find us at TalkingShop.show. This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.